0: proposed a theory of psychosocial development comprising of eight stages from infancy to adulthood during each stage the person experiences a psychosocial crisis which can have either a positive or negative outcome for personality development he stressed the role that culture and society play in the manifestation of conflicts that can take place within the person The person develops as it effectively resolves crises that are distinctly social in nature. These involve establishing a sense of trust in others, developing a sense of identity in society, and helping the next generation prepare for the future. Erickson's theory of psychosocial development has eight distinct stages, the first Five stages occur between birth and age 18. The last three stages occur in adulthood. According to the theory, successful completion of each stage results in a healthy personality and the acquisition of a basic virtue. Basic virtues are characteristic strengths that the person can use to resolve subsequent crises. Stage one is basic trust versus mistrust. This occurs in infancy or the first year of life. As infants, we ask ourselves if we can trust the world and we wonder if it is safe. We learn that if we can trust someone now, we can also trust others in the future. If we experience fear, we develop doubt and mistrust. The key to our development is our caregiver. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of hope. By developing a sense of trust, the infant can have hope that as new crises arise, there's a real possibility that other people will be there as a source of support. Failing to acquire the virtue of hope will lead to the development of fear. Stage two is autonomy versus shame and doubt. This occurs in our early childhood or years two to four. During childhood, we begin to assert our independence by walking away from our mother, picking which toys to play with, and making choices about what we like to wear, eat, and so forth. In this stage, the child is discovering that he or she has many skills and abilities such as putting on clothes and shoes, playing with toys, etc. Such skills illustrate the child's growing sense of independence and autonomy. Erickson states it is critical that parents allow their children to explore the limits of their abilities within an encouraging environment that is tolerant of failure. A delicate balance is required from the parent. They must try not to do everything for the child, but if the child fails at a particular task, they must not criticize the child for failures and accidents. Think of toilet training as an example. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of will. Both parents play a major role in this stage of development. Stage three, initiative versus guilt. This occurs in our preschool age, or years four to five. Children begin to plan activities, make up games, and initiate activities with others. If given this opportunity, children develop a sense of initiative and feel secure in their ability to lead others and make decisions. Conversely, if this tendency is squashed either through criticism or control children develop a sense of guilt they may feel like a nuisance to others and will therefore remain followers lacking in self-initiative a healthy balance between initiative and guilt is important success in this stage will lead to the virtue of purpose stage four Industry versus inferiority occurs in our school age years, around 5 to 12 years old. At this stage, we discover our own interests and realize that we are different from others. We want to show that we can do things right. We ask ourselves if we can make it in this world. If we receive recognition from our teachers or peers, we become industrious or hardworking. If we get too much negative feedback, we start to feel inferior and lose motivation. Our neighbors and schools influence us at this stage. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of competence. Stage five, identity versus role confusion occurs in adolescence, years 13 to 19. During adolescence, we learn that we have different social roles. We are friends, students, children, and citizens. Many experience an identity crisis. If our parents allow us to go out and explore, we can find identity. If they push us to conform to their views, we develop role confusion and feel lost. Peers and role models are key to our learning. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of fidelity. Fidelity involves being able to commit oneself to others on the basis of accepting others even when there may be ideological differences. Stage 6. Intimacy versus isolation occurs in early adulthood, ages 20 to 40. As young adults, we slowly understand who we are and we start to let go of relationships we had built. Earlier, in order to fit in we ask ourselves if we can love if we can make a long-term commitment we are confident and happy if we cannot form intimate relationships we end up feeling isolated and lonely our friends and partners are center to our development success in this stage will lead to the virtue of love stage 7 generativity or stagnation occurs at the ages of 40 to 65 in adulthood when we reach our 40s we become comfortable we use our leisure time creatively and maybe begin contributing to society our concern is generativity if we think we are able to lead the next generation into this world we are happy if we did not resolve some conflicts earlier we become pessimistic and experience stagnation. People at home and at work influence our development in this stage. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of care. Stage 8, Ego, Integrity versus Despair occurs after the age of 65 until death. As we grow older, we tend to slow down, and begin to look back over our lives. We ask, how have I done? If we think we did well, we develop feelings of contentment and integrity. If not, we experience despair and become grumpy and bitter. This is the time to compare ourselves with mankind. Success in this stage will lead to the virtue of wisdom. Wisdom enables a person to look back on their life with a sense of closure and completeness and also accept death without fear. How can Erikson's theory be related to nursing? It is important for nurses to know the theory in order to be responsive in their care with patients. For example, an older man who is in a constant bad mood might be experiencing despair, and the nurse who is knowledgeable in this theory will be better prepared to help her patient. Nurses can also gather information about patients by using Erikson's theory and provide patient-centered care. Nurses are responsible for helping address lack of functioning issues and becoming familiar with this theory will allow them to do so. Nurses can help patients who are having difficulty with developmental phases by providing care directed to the appropriate stage. Today, we will be discussing growth and development and how it relates to nursing. This is a three-part lecture series that will cover Maslow's theory, Erickson's theory, and the family life cycle theory. But first, let's discuss the main principles that guide these theories, growth and development. First, what does growth and development mean? Is there a difference Growth is the physical changes that occur over time, such as height and weight and how the body changes during puberty. Most of these traits are unavoidable. No matter what happens, a child will grow up and change. However, development is the process of adapting to one's environment, changing how one thinks, perceives, and behaves. This is where people acquire various skills and abilities, such as expressing feelings and relating to other human beings. There are several factors that can affect a person's growth and development. Some of these are predetermined based on genetics. A person's genes and gender determine what they will look like as they grow up. And typically, a person has no control over the manifestation of these traits. Other factors affecting growth and development include things like the environment, whether or not a person is exposed to pollution, secondhand smoke, whether or not a person has access to food, water, health care, and lastly family relationships and life experiences can affect the way a person develops. There have been several attempts to explain how a person grows, and why certain people progress through life different from others. Developmental theories provide nurses with a framework they can utilize when caring for patients in different stages of life. It is important to have a good understanding of the different challenges and how they affect your patients at various stages in their lives. First, we will discuss Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This is a motivational theory comprising of a five tier model of human needs, most often depicted as a pyramid. The theory suggests that people are motivated to achieve certain needs and that some needs take precedence over others. This model is used to guide the prioritization of nursing care. The bottom tier depicts our most basic needs, physical survival. This includes things like air, food, water, sleep, everything that is necessary for life. If this level is unmet, it leads to illness and sometimes even death. For nursing, it is all about maintaining homeostasis or a relatively stable environment in our patients. The second tier addresses our safety needs. This entails being free from anxiety and fear, feeling secure in our environment, the need for order and routine. For example, patients need to feel safe with ambulation and in taking medications. Safety is very important to nursing. The third tier involves love and belonging. This is where people want social acceptance and friendships. They develop the ability to give and receive love. Nurses can meet these social needs through visiting hours and developing the nurse-patient relationship. The fourth tier is self-esteem. This is the feeling of importance and being worthwhile, which includes respect, approval, and appreciation. As we gain self-confidence, we begin to direct our actions towards the person we want to be. People desire to be considered a unique individual. We accomplish this in nursing by providing individualized care to our patients instead of treating them like part of an assembly line. The last tier is all about obtaining our fullest potential, becoming confident and attempting to reach out to help others. This is when our patients accept who they are, which includes accepting their medical problems. So what does this all mean for you as a nurse? This theory acts as the blueprint that allows nurses to establish priorities. Nurses use Maslow's theory to examine and rank a patient's nursing diagnoses and interventions in order of physiological and psychological importance. This ensures that the life-threatening diagnoses are given more importance or urgency than non-life-threatening ones. Not only do individuals go through stages of development, but families also go through stages as a unit. In order for a family to be successful, members of the family need to adapt to the family changes in order to ensure family survival. Family Life Cycle Theory is an approach to studying how families change or grow over time. There are two basic concepts. The life cycle, which is the emotional stage from childhood to retirement as a family member, and the associated developmental tasks. The task is the new responsibility that arises at certain stages as a family grows. There are eight stages of family development, typically based on the ages of the parents and children. In each stage, challenges arise in the family life that causes the individual family members to build or gain new skills. If an individual is able to master the skills needed in each milestone, He or she is more likely to be successful in relationships and future transitions. Family life cycle theory suggests successful transitioning may also help to prevent disease and emotional or stress-related disorders. The individual's experiences through the family life cycle will affect who they are and who they become. Stage 1. Beginning a family. This is when a couple marries, establishes a home, but has no children. The developmental task for this stage is establishing a satisfying home and marriage while preparing for children. Stage 2 is the childbearing family. This is after the birth of the first child until that child is around 2 years old. This stage is all about adjusting to increase family size and providing a positive developmental environment. Stage three, family with preschoolers occurs when the oldest child is between 2.5 and six years old. The developmental task for this stage is coping with demands on energy and attention with less privacy at home. Stage four, family with school children occurs when the oldest child is between 6 and 12 years old. The developmental task for this stage is promoting educational achievement and fitting in with a community of families with school-aged children. Stage 5 is family with teenagers. This stage occurs when the oldest child is between the ages of 13 and 20. In this stage, the family is responsible for allowing and helping the child become more independent. Stage six is called launching. This is the timeframe after the oldest child has left the home until the youngest child leaves. This stage involves releasing young adults and accepting new ways of relating to them while maintaining a supportive home base. Stage seven. Is the empty nest this occurs after the children have left the home until the couple retires in this stage the couple renews and redefines the marriage relationship as well as prepares for retirement years stage eight the aging family this stage occurs after retirement until death of the marriage partner In this stage, the family must adjust to retirement and cope with the death of their partner and the prospect of living alone. Why do nurses need to know about the family life cycle? Well, as nurses, you can interact with individuals who are at different points in their life. Since the family life cycle is all about what milestones are occurring, Different health challenges are presented to different families at different times. Knowledge of life cycle stressors is essential for nurses to better define the relationship between the vertical and horizontal life stressors which affect the family system.